Good to see everyone this morning. Special welcome to those of you joining us online, and of course, those of you who might be checking out this recording later in the week. As you recall, last week I encouraged everyone to go check out a recording of a sermon, um, and I was really excited to see how many people did that. We actually had one sermon that was viewed 120 times. So again, if you didn't get a chance to do that this week, I encourage you to look into that this next week. It's a great way to revisit those truths that God is pouring into our hearts as we work through this sermon series together. So we do this family-friendly service thing um, every fifth Sunday. So if there's a fifth Sunday in the month, then we don't have children's church, and we have everybody here um, in the service. And that's a great opportunity for us to worship together in spirit and in truth as a family. So we know the challenges of attention spans, even for us adults. So um, we will keep this thing moving for sure. We certainly don't want to um, go any longer than um, those little goodie bags and those activity bags will hold out. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right in today. So this is the third of three petitions that Paul makes for the church that we're going to look at today. And they all build on each other. And if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, um, you know that um, you know, th these petitions are kind of like really deep petitions that Paul makes. And so he starts out with this first one, that we might be strengthened in our inner being so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And then there's this second petition, because when Christ dwells in our hearts, we become rooted and grounded in love. And we begin to grasp the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love. And we do that in the context of the church. And that then sets up this third petition where Paul prays that we'd be filled to all the fullness of God. And if you think about it, that is an unbelievably bold request because it's not just that God fills us, but that he does so with all the fullness of himself. So you can't help but notice that we've got these balloons all over the sanctuary. And as Cami mentioned, it's not because it's Tyler's birthday today. It's not because the Broncos played this morning. Um, don't worry, we're still Steeler country. These just happen to be our church colors. And so um, we wanted to use balloons to help illustrate this point today about being filled with all the fullness of God. So let's by, begin by examining all that's involved with filling something. And Cami's actually going to join me up here to help demonstrate some of this stuff. Um, a lot going on this morning for sure. So all balloons, they start out as a piece of rubber or a piece of cloth at some level or another. And each of them have their own distinct color, their own distinct shape. Some of them are smaller than others. Um, they have their own unique potential. Some have the potential to grow to the size of our head and be attached to a string. Others have this potential to be filled with water and used to torment people. And we actually have quite a few that we filled up. We'll have them out back, and if you want to torment some people on the way to the car today, have at it. Um, I think a lot of people will be sliding out the side doors here today. We also use balloons sometimes to carry people up into the clouds. So condition on its intended use, a balloon's ultimate potential is measured just up to the point before it explodes. And if you could fit more air into it, so Cammie's actually going to take a balloon here, and you can see how um, when you start to fill it up, it still has some more potential to it. 
it's not like it's there yet. And so you fill it a little bit more potential, you fill a little bit more potential, but it's still not there yet. It's not until it almost bursts that you have to fill it all the way up. Okay. <laughs> so with all the kids in here, we don't want to burst that this morning. Um, but of course, if it bursts, then it exceeds its potential. And so that's the thing that we need to be a little bit mindful of with all of this, of course. Now, each of us are kind of like a balloon. God designed us with a distinct set of skills, knowledge, and behaviors. It's the talent that he gave us to reach our own unique potential. Some people have the potential to jump high. Others are exceptional writers. Some people have this musical talent. But to reach our potential like a balloon, we must first be filled with something. And God knows exactly what it is that we need to be filled with in order for us to reach our potential because he designed each of us with our own unique way of glorifying him. And as we learned a few weeks back, when we looked at the Westminster Catechism, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We also discussed how John Piper replaced the and with the by, so that we see this as our chief end is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. And he goes on to use multiple scripture passages to argue rather convincingly that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. You see, that's how God designs us. That's our potential to experience joy and satisfaction, and we experience it in him. And that's why the things of the world can't ever truly satisfy us. They're only temporarily satisfying at best. We simply weren't designed that way. We only find lasting joy and satisfaction whenever God fills us with himself, with his mercy, his grace, his truth, and his love. Because when we're filled with all that stuff, we glorify him by our thoughts, by our words, and by our actions, just like we were designed to. And notice this isn't a partial filling either, because then we wouldn't reach our potential. This is being filled with all the fullness. And to keep from exploding when we're filled with all the fullness like a balloon, we must first be strengthened. And that's why Paul prayed first of all that we're strengthened with God's power in our inner being. And then in his second petition that we're strengthened to comprehend with all the saints in the context of the church so that we experience the vastness of God's love filled to the potential without exploding. Second, of course, filling a balloon so it can reach its potential involves a process. Filling is an action. It's not the final state. It's the process that gets the balloon to meet its potential. In other words, it's like movement toward a goal, from a piece of rubber to a fully realized balloon. So here is a typical process. Cammie's gonna walk us through this for filling a standard balloon. Notice she begins by stretching it out. Excellent, good, gotta stretch it out. She stretches those lips out as well, nice. Breathe in through the nose and exhale. And we keep doing this over and over until that balloon reaches its potential or Cammie passes out. She ties it closed, under a lot of pressure here. Nice and then releases it. Okay, that's one way to do this. Another way to do this is if we were to fill a helium balloon. 
So again, we see stretching the thing out, putting it on the tank, pushing down the nozzle, and you fill it up to the point where it reaches its potential before it explodes. Tie it off again. But this time it's a little more challenging. You can't just release it or else it'll get caught in our fans up here. So she ties a string on it. And then ties it so it doesn't get away from us. We're giving Cammy a workout today, aren't we? This is good. And of course, there's a different process for filling a water balloon. Here's where it gets interesting. Yeah. Okay, so she puts it on the bottle, kind of holds that lever down, and fills it up, and there we go. It's looking good. That might be its potential right there. And she ties it off and tosses it at someone. Okay. Actually, she's going to place that down very carefully. So um, can you guys just um, a quick round of applause for Cammie having to suffer through all this? So just like there's different ways in which we fill balloons, there's kind of a unique one-of-a-kind way in which the Holy Spirit fills us so that we might reach our potential. There's no one prescriptive path because the Holy Spirit works uniquely in each and every one of us. And remember, if there's one thing Paul has hammered on throughout his letter, it's that we can't do this ourselves. We can't be righteous on our own. We can't save ourselves from our sin. We can't even muster faith on our own. It's all a result of God's grace, his unmerited favor. Nothing we ever did to deserve it. It's all a gift from God. All we do in this process is by respond to the gift by placing our belief in him and then behaving in step with those beliefs. So to be clear, we're totally dependent on God for this process that fills us with all the fullness of him. But there is a truth that we find in scripture that helps us see when this process begins to take hold of us. And that's when we find ourselves desiring to be in the path of what God is doing. And that also comes from the Holy Spirit. I mentioned this briefly last week. For example, when blind Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was near, he cried out to put himself in the path of Jesus so that Jesus might work his way to him and eventually heal him. In Psalm 89, we see the sparrows and the swallows building their nests near God's altar. So as the Holy Spirit impels or persuades us, we too find ourselves desiring to build our nests near his altar. And the language used to describe this from Scripture is to seek God's face. Because when we seek God's face, we draw near to him. And then James tells us that he will also draw near to us. So as the Holy Spirit convicts us, we'll draw near, bowing our knee in prayer, before the Father, asking, seeking, and knocking for the strength we need to be filled with all the fullness of God so that we can reach our potential. First, to carry out his great command to love God and to love others. 
and second, to carry out his great commission to go and make disciples, and then third, to reach man's chief end by glorifying and enjoying him forever. We'll also draw near to the truth of Scripture, probing the depths of its riches every single chance that we get. We'll draw near in our meditations, spending precious time with our Lord and Savior in the quiet of our hearts. We'll draw near responding to the Holy Spirit's conviction, attuned to his counsel, longing for his comfort, responding to his promptings, detecting the Holy Spirit's presence at work, even in the small talk of our everyday, ordinary lives. We'll draw near desiring to please God more and more, living a life of obedience in step with all that Jesus taught. We'll draw near actively engaged in the church God's master plan to unite all things in Christ. And as the Holy Spirit persuades and strengthens us in faith, we'll find ourselves being sanctified or transformed as we've talked, being made more Christ-like each and every day as we are filled with all the fullness of God. Do we see that happening in our lives? Because it's an ongoing process for sure, being filled day by day until we meet him face to face. But for now, we keep on seeking God's face, desiring to reach our potential, filled with all the fullness of God. And third, the process of filling a balloon to its potential has a clear purpose. Sometimes it's to create an atmosphere of celebration for a party. Sometimes we use these balloons to alert people that some clown is lurking around. Sometimes it's to have fun on a hot day by chucking water balloons at your friends. Sometimes it's to soar up into the clouds to gain a new perspective on life. But whatever it may be, there is a designated purpose for filling a balloon. Likewise, there's a purpose for us to be filled with all the fullness of God. And of course, our purpose is also closely linked with our potential and the process. And to see this, Let's start with the purpose that being filled with all the fullness of God is not designed for. It is not designed to make us into God. God is eternal, immutable, all-present, all-powerful, all-knowing. So being filled with all the fullness of God is not about humans becoming like God in this regard. That's what Satan desired. He wanted to be God, and that's why he fell from heaven. It's also why Satan still tries to get us to desire to be God too. And we see the effects of Satan's efforts everywhere as most people still operate as though the world revolves around them. Rather, being filled with all the fullness of God is about humans becoming what they were designed to be, servants of God who aspire to be holy because God says, be holy for I am holy or servants of God who desire to be righteous, made right before God by Christ's work on the cross, or servants of God who bear the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do we see that stuff happening in our lives? Holiness, the desire to be righteous, these fruits of the Spirit, 
because that's actually what we'll see happening when we start moving from point number two to point number three as we've been talking throughout this series. We're being filled with all the fullness of God, becoming more Christ-like. That's our potential. That's the process, and that's the purpose for which we were created. It's sometimes referred to as the doctrine of the union of the believer with God. And a balloon is such a great example in part because it floats or resides in the very same air that fills it from within. So as Paul has already taught us, our identity is in Christ. The moment we place our faith in him, that's when we move from point number one to point number two up there. And then the Holy Spirit strengthens us so that Christ too may dwell in our hearts, moving us along from number two to number three. So just as the balloon is in the air and the air is in the balloon, so we are in Christ and Christ is in us. We're being filled with all the fullness of God. And that's why Paul prays for this, because he knows our potential, he knows the process, and he knows our purpose. Now I want to close with this image we've used throughout this prayer. It depicts what Paul is praying for with these three petitions. He desires for the saints, those who are faithful in Christ Jesus, to experience the highest of highs, the very summit peak of our lives, that we might be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That is the first petition. You can think of that as the mountaintop, that being rooted and grounded in love, we may have strength with all the saints as members of Christ's body to grasp the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love for us, that we might know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That's the second petition. You can kind of think of that as the summit of the mountaintop and so that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. The third petition, and you can think of that as the peak of the summit of this mountaintop. So then what is true of the person who experiences all that Paul prays for in these three petitions? Well, first of all, our minds, our hearts, and our wills become dominated by God. Our love for self is overcome by our love for God and for others. Our whole outlook on life becomes radiant with hope because we depend on God's strength and live for His glory alone. And that is the potential He designed us for. That's the process He walks us through, and that's the purpose He created and sustains us for. It's the highest of highs, the very climax of our experience in life, the peak of the summit of that mountaintop. Ask seek and knock for the strength to seek his face, to be put in the way of his path this week, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We ask, seek, and knock that you might be strengthened with power through your spirit in our inner being, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith that we, being rooted and grounded in love, might also be strengthened to comprehend with all the saints what is your breadth, your length, your height, and your depth, and to know your love that surpasses all knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of you, God. We ask all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.